Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you a football fan looking for the latest analysis and news on the Jacksonville Jaguars? You're in the right place. Lock and deal, baby. Welcome to the Gen Jag Podcast with your host, Jordan DeLugo. Move those chains. Here's your host, Jordan. Welcome to a post-game edition of the Gen Jag Podcast. This is the first installment that we're doing directly after a Jaguars uh, contest here. But I'm happy to be coming from you from uh, live from Jacksonville, Florida, where we're starting to feel the effects of Hurricane Irma a little bit here. Wind and rain picking up big time, but we're not here to talk about weather. We're here to talk about the Jaguars' victory over the Houston Texans. Jaguars defeated the Texans 29-7 to in what was one of the most dominant performances the Jaguars have had really in recent memory. And defensively, it's by far one of the best performances the Jaguars have ever had. The team, the team really just physically dominated the Houston Texans. And um, I'm coming at you live from Jacksonville right now. I'm, up, I'm by myself today. Scott Klein's at home with his children, and Hunter is also not available, so it's just going to be me for this episode. Forgot to throw that in there at the beginning of the episode. But, happy to be here. As always, we're presented by Bold City Brewery. Make sure to check them out at boldcitybrewery.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. But yeah, getting back to the Jaguars, they were absolutely dominant on both both lines of scrimmage, but we'll start with the defense because the defense is really what carried the day for the Jaguars. Uh, Calais Campbell recorded three and a half sacks in the first half alone. He ended the game with five tackles, and he was just dominant. That three and a half sack number is a Jaguars single game record. So (laughs) welcome to Duval, Calais Campbell. Obviously, that is just probably more than anyone, including myself, could have expected out of Campbell in his first game in Jacksonville. Obviously, the Texans do not have a stellar offensive line, but to get three and a half sacks alone is really impressive. Perhaps even more impressive is the Jaguars recording 10 sacks as a team, which, of course, that is a team single-game record for the Jaguars as well. So they just had a huge ball game defensively. Uh, So far through the day, they've given up the fewest yards in a game by a long shot of any team in the NFL. They've given up the fewest yards per play. Uh, they recorded the most sacks in the NFL. The Pittsburgh Steelers are just behind them with seven sacks. Uh, they've recorded three fumble recoveries, three forced fumbles, obviously. Scored a defensive touchdown. Not sure what more you can ask for from the Jaguars' defense besides uh, the penalties. A.J. Boye was called for three pass interference penalties during the game, and they were they were questionable. A.J. Boye and DeAndre Hopkins both play really physical football, and 
you don't necessarily like to see the calls going one way three times in a row, it seemed like. It was two pass plays in a row that Boye got the uh, pass interference calls, which led to some nice field position for the Texans. But aside from the Boye penalties there and a couple of really bad calls on... um, One was on Unique Ngakwe for roughing the passer, which he clearly didn't if you look at the replay. Uh, It was maybe the referee had a poor vantage point or something of that nature. I'm not sure what really happened there. And then the the, uh, Dante Fowler, I think it was illegal hands to the face that was also uh, when he was putting some pressure on the Texans quarterback, that looked like a call that was a phantom call as well, in my opinion. So you don't like to see that. The Jaguars have struggled with penalties in the past, and they struggle with penalties again today. Obviously, not all of those penalties were warranted today, but it is what it is. You have to deal with that as a team. And um, I believe the Jaguars' defense surrendered eight first downs just off of penalties. And most of those plays were really positive plays that got negated by the penalties. One of them was a Miles Jack pick that he returned. I believe it was returned for 66 yards. However, that was a play Dante Fowler got called for the penalty. Um, So you don't want to see that, obviously. But something they can certainly work on. And most of the penalties were effort penalties. They weren't like offsides boneheaded plays like that so when you're looking at penalties you would much rather see those effort penalties than the ones where it's a mental lapse so I'm sure they'll look to improve on that moving forward but let's get to uh, the rest of the stuff we got to get to from the game here the rushing attack on offense was absolutely dominant Leonard Fournette he eclipsed the 100 yard mark uh, in his first game he scored a touchdown he came up with crucial plays at crucial times to extend drives for the Jaguars and really just looked every bit as dominant as you would like. And uh, he carried the ball 26 times. He also caught the ball three times out of the backfield. So he had 29 touches on the day and a little under 130 total yards. So it's really what you want to see from him. Now the yards per carry wasn't huge for Fournette. A lot of that had to do with the situations uh, he was put in. You know, goal line situations are going to make your yards per carry go down greatly, and so is short yardage situations. So he really played his tail off. Chris Ivory did really well as a uh, as a change of pace, even though he's not much of a change of pace because he provides a lot of the same skill set that Leonard Fournette does. So they just they did really well today. Uh, Ivory picked up 31 yards in the first half on just three carries, so he was really explosive in the first half for the Jaguars, helping them out a lot. And in total, the Jaguars finished with 157 yards on the ground. Blake Bortles got into the mix on a read option. He got a nice first down for the Jaguars when they were moving the ball down the field at a critical time. Now, like we said, the investment up front for the defensive line was just huge, and the guys that you want to be making these plays are the ones making them. You see Calais Campbell getting the three-and-a-half sacks. Um, Yannick Ngakwe had two strip sacks. Dante Fowler scored a touchdown off one of those strip sacks. He scooped and scored. Dante Fowler also got a set, strip sack of his own. He was able to kick the ball 
out of the uh, quarterback of the Texans' hands. I believe it was Deshaun Watson at that time. But, yeah, so all those guys are getting in on the mix. Malik Jackson got a sack of his own. Avery Jones got to the quarterback. Laurenti McCray, who was a special teams priority free agent this season for the Jaguars, uh, he got in on the sack action as well. So you just saw everyone get in on the action. The Texans' offensive line was clearly overmatched, and it was just really what you've been waiting to see in Jacksonville for a decade plus. So, kudos to the defensive line. I think I'm going to dub them the Great Wall of Duval. Y'all hit me with any suggestions you might have regarding that uh, name there. But, speaking of investments on the defensive side of the ball, the new look secondary was awesome. Jalen Ramsey was extremely physical. Obviously, A.J. Boye was physical, I guess a little bit too physical at time with times with those penalties. But the work they were able to do against DeAndre Hopkins was awesome. Uh, Ramsey was all over Hopkins when they were matched up together. He forced several pass breakups against Hopkins. He just has a great time knocking the crap out of Hopkins, and it's apparent. And it's apparent that it really gets under Hopkins' skin, so that's fun. Now, Hopkins did score the Texans' only touchdown of the day, but the Jaguars held him to under eight yards per catch, which if you're able to do that in a game against DeAndre Hopkins, who is one of the better receivers in the NFL, uh, you'll take that and like it every single time. Uh, Blake Bortles, he had a really clean game. He ended up 11 of 21. Now, he would have probably been 15 of 21 or somewhere closer to that range had the wide receivers and tight ends not dropped so many passes. Mercedes Lewis had an easy drop. Alan Hearns had an easy drop. Marquise Lee was got in on the action with it. And Keelan Cole got in on the action with the drops as well. And now that's three or four easy catches that Keelan Cole has dropped since he had his 97-yard touchdown in the first preseason game. So it looks like the drops might be getting in his head a little bit. You never want to see that with a guy that really didn't have a lot of expectations coming into training camp. He was an undrafted free agent. So you don't want to see that creep into his head at all. Perhaps the biggest news of the day is the Allen Robinson injury. It's been confirmed by Adam Schefter that it is a, or excuse me, Ian Rappaport, my bad, that it is a torn ACL. He'll be out for the year with the Jaguars. And that could be the last time that he ever wears black and teal in a game again. He, entering this season, was going into his final year of his contract. And now, now he's going to be out for the remainder of the year. And the Jaguars may or may not look to re-sign him. He's going to make a make a pretty penny on the open market. You see what T.Y. Hilton got in the range of 13 or $14 million. You would think Allen Robinson would be close to that level, if not at that level, in terms of what he's going to command on the open market. It's really sad for A-Rob. He's a tough guy. He's probably the hardest worker on the Jaguars' offense, and he put in really, really strong off-season work to prepare himself to succeed in 2017, and to see his season cut short like that is really, really devastating. Now, the Jaguars have some depth at receiver. They have Marquise Lee. They have Alan Hearns. They have Aurelius Ben, and they have Keelan Cole, who we mentioned before. Who they don't have is D.D. Westbrook, who will be out until at least week nine on IR. 
And uh, so the Jaguars are a little thin at receiver with the two injuries to Westbrook and Robinson. And now they'll probably need to look to the practice squad or the free agent market to secure some more depth at wide receiver. So you never want to see your star offensive player going out week one. Now, the thing about that is the Jaguars seemingly are well-equipped to handle an injury at the receiver position, even to their best receiver by far, Allen Robinson, because they don't want to be in a lot of passing situations. They want to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. They showed that today, you know, running the ball 39 times in total and only passing the ball 21 times. The Jaguars would probably like to keep that passing total at at that same mark or maybe even try to reduce it to under 20 in certain games if they can just keep controlling the game with the run. So they're going to look to run the ball and and not pass the ball a lot. So perhaps losing A-Rob won't be a devastating injury in terms of what happens to the team and the effect on the team. He's obviously crucial in third and long situations and clear passing situations when you need that first down. Robinson's the guy that Bortles would turn to, and he's not going to have that anymore. But Marquise Lee, Alan Hearns, and company should be able to pick up the slack for the most part. Now, the offensive line, I have to apologize to them. I have to apologize to Dave Caldwell, Tom Coughlin, everybody in the front office. Me personally on this show, and I know my co-hosts, well, Scott at least, have been very critical of the Jaguars not doing more to address offensive line. Now, we know they traded for Brandon Albert. We know they drafted Cam Robinson. But we still believe there were several holes on the offensive line that needed to be filled. Throughout preseason, it looked like we were right about that. And then the Jaguars come out today and dominate one of the best defensive lines in football. They played physical. They played, for the most part, very disciplined football on the offensive line. They looked like a unit that had been playing together for years. They created a lot of running lanes. They didn't give up a single sack against J.J. Watt, Jadavian Clowney, Whitney Merciless, um, Bernhardrick McKinney. I mean, these guys are just monsters, and the Jaguars' offensive line handled their business, so... I have to apologize to the front office and and to the offensive linemen for not giving them the credit they deserved because they really went out and just handled an extremely emotionally motivated Houston Texans front. You know, J.J. Watt raised over $30 million for the people of Houston and Hurricane Harvey relief efforts there. And the city of Houston really came together and was pumped for this game. It was very emotional. It was almost scary as a Jaguar player. How are you going to be able to survive the emotion, just the raw emotion that the Texans players are playing with? But the Jaguars handled it flawlessly. And the offensive line just played one of the best offensive line games I've seen from the Jaguars in a really long time. Blake Bortles had clean pockets. There were actually running lanes on a lot of plays. And it was just a big-time effort from that group. Now, in terms of uh, underwhelming performance, Jason Myers, he did make three of four field goals, but he missed a 39-yarder. That's an inexcusable miss, and he also missed an extra point. So some of those 
struggles that he's had in the past with extra points reared their ugly head and also his accuracy issues from this preseason were there today. It'll be interesting to see if the Jaguars continue to roll with a guy who, who quite frankly quite frankly misses misses more field goals than Jaguars fans would like, to be sure. His career percentage is eighty three point three, which is pretty good, but the missed extra points could prove costly and they have proven costly in the past so you want to keep an eye on that uh, like I said the Jaguars receivers did drop the ball a lot today Alan Hearns, Mercedes Lewis, Marquise Lee, Keelan Cole all had drops those are supposed to be reliable guys when you're tossing them the rock and they were not today so for Bortles hopefully he doesn't lose confidence in his receivers but I think they'll have a bounce back week next week against Tennessee. So who that Tennessee does not have one of the better uh, defensive secondaries, and they have some injuries going on too back there with Lashawn Sims out. So we'll get we'll get into Tennessee more later this week. But to continue on here, uh, the Jaguars defense like we said, was absolutely dominant. But one thing that we were looking for this year in a big way was the turnovers. The Jaguars have struggled to create turnovers big time over the last decade. And it's really hard to watch a team on defense over and over again. Even when they play good, they just can't force turnovers because they can't get to the quarterback consistently. Well, they got to the quarterback consistently today, and they took the ball away four times. Uh, Tashawn Gibson got an interception. Dante Fowler had a fumble recovery. Avery Jones had a fumble recovery. And there was one other fumble recovery in there too. So it was just a big-time performance in terms of not allowing a ton of yards, taking the ball away, and getting to the quarterback. The Jaguars' defense really had the trifecta today in terms of in terms of getting the job done. Now, when Deshaun Watson came in the game, he did orchestrate some impressive little drives, his first drive the mo- being the most impressive. But he looks like a guy that the Texans are g- going to really enjoy having there in the long term and maybe a bit in the short term too. Against defenses that aren't as stacked as the Jaguars, I'm sure Deshaun Watson will have a much more favorable matchups and much better results. But... That's an issue for the Jaguars to deal with another day. Um, Penalties, again, were an issue. They committed 10 in total. Obviously, you can't have that. So you want to see the penalties improve because that's that's an old story. You see that every year with the Jaguars, it seems like, with the penalties. You just can't have penalties. They cost you way too much when you're in close games. This game was never really close for the Jaguars, so all of their mistakes will kind of be overlooked. But there were some mistakes. The Obviously, the kicking, field goal kicking from Myers wasn't great. Penalties were an issue. And um, drops were also an issue by the wide receivers. But other than that, you had to really like what you saw. The special teams units in terms of kickoff, kick return, punt return. No big complaints there. Um, There were no terrible field position starts for the Jaguars because of dumb penalties or or because of uh, dumb mistakes on special teams. So that's something you really like to see. That was an emphasis for the Jaguars this offseason. Really positive to see that there. 
Uh, that's going to do it for our post-game episode. We had a really good time watching the Jaguar game. Uh, I'm glad the power didn't go out in the middle of my recording here. But I'm happy to share my thoughts with everybody. Would love to hear everyone's thoughts and takeaways from the game. So hit us on Twitter, at Generation Jag. Or you can hit me, at Jordan DeLugo. Make sure to check out GenJag.com for all the latest news and analysis. And make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram as well, at Generation Jaguar. And that'll do it for our episode today. Thanks for listening. And make sure to check back with us on Wednesday when we'll be recording our week two preview. So yeah, thanks. Go Jags. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.